Welcome to the Catholic Truth Podcast, where we teach and preach the truth of the Catholic faith without compromise and without apology. We want to give you high energy and non-boring Catholicism, where anyone at any time can come to know exactly what the Catholic Church teaches and why. We do apologetics, spirituality, other religions, our culture, and more. Most of all, we want to inspire you, inform you, and help you to know, love, and live your Catholic faith with purpose and passion. We are Catholic Truth. Hello fellow Catholics and non-Catholics, welcome to Catholic Truth. In this video we're going to be talking about a very interesting topic and that is who is the whore of Babylon? Many, many anti-Catholics say that the Catholic Church is the whore of Babylon, the Pope is the whore of Babylon, the Vatican is the whore of Babylon. We have many of those books here but one particular book called A Woman Rides the Beast by Dave Hunt is a book that tries to prove that the Catholic Church is the whore of Babylon. This book was published by Jack Chick and Chick Publications, which is everything you should really want to know about that book. And this book, we've already debunked Chick Publications and how they can't be trusted for anything. Anything associated with Chick Publications can just be disregarded. It's so off base. And if you want to see our video on that, you can check it out. But in this video, we're going to be looking at who is the Whore of Babylon? Is it the Catholic Church? Or does somebody else fit that description? And in Revelation chapter 17, it talks about the mother harlot or the Whore of Babylon, the one who deceives the nations, who gets drunk on the blood of the saints, which is the Christians, and destroys them, basically perverts the world. She's like an antichrist. Who is this? being in the book of Revelation chapter 17. Chapter 17 gives eight descriptions of this mystery being. And we're going to go through these eight things to see if it describes the Catholic Church, which Dave Hunt thinks it does, or if it maybe describes some other cities or places, maybe like pagan Rome or Jerusalem, two of the biggest ones that most scholars apply this to. So let's look at these. So the first one is that it's a city that sits upon seven hills. The second one is that its name is Babylon. The third one is that it commits fornication with the nations. The fourth is that it is clothed in purple and scarlet. The fifth is that it possesses great wealth. The sixth is that uh, she has in her hand a golden cup. The seventh descriptive note is that she's called the mother of harlots. And the last one is she sheds the blood of saints. She persecutes and attacks Christians and kills them. These are the descriptions of the harlot. And according to Dave Hunt and A Woman Rides the Beast, his book, all of these fit the Catholic Church. But as we're going to see in this video, none of these fit the Catholic Church. And they all refer much more so to pagan Rome and especially to Jerusalem. The first one, a city set on seven hills. Dave Hunt makes the argument that Vatican City and the Roman Catholic Church is seated on seven hills, but nothing could be further from the truth. Before we even get there, we have to realize that the Greek word used for hill is used 65 times in the New Testament, and only three times of all of those 65 times it mentions the word hill. 
All other 62 times, it refers to a mountain. And the word rendered is mountain. And so, I mean, a mountain has a whole wide variety of uh, meanings, in, including whole kingdoms. So this could be referring to kingdoms, obviously not a church. But let's just assume that it's a hill and that this city is set upon seven hills, just for the sake of argument. First of all, the description says it's a city, not a church. So that's the first reason why we know for a fact that it's not the Catholic Church, because it says that the whore is a city. Therefore, it's not the Pope, because the Pope is not a city, and it's not the Catholic Church, because the Catholic Church is not a city. That's why anti-Catholics will then go to the fact that, oh, well, it's the Vatican, because the Vatican's a city. I mean, they're literally grasping for straws, trying to make it the Catholic Church. But as we're going to see, and as can be seen, the Vatican doesn't sit on seven hills. So this alone disproves the fact that it's the Catholic Church, that it's the Pope, or that it's the Vatican, because the Vatican only sits on one hill, Vatican Hill. Is there someone else, though, that sits on seven hills that we know of that is a city? Yes, in fact, there's two. One is pagan Rome that sits on seven hills. To the other side of the Tiber is Vatican City that only sits on one hill. But on the other side of the river is Rome, where seven hills are. So it could be, and probably is describing in some way, pagan Rome. And also Jerusalem. Jerusalem sits on seven hills as well. And you can see next to me that the hills of Jerusalem here are mentioned, and there are seven of them. So there are seven hills that Jerusalem sits on, and there are seven hills that pagan Rome sits on. The Vatican does not sit on seven hills, so clearly it can't be the Vatican or the Catholic Church. The second one is that its name is Babylon. In Revelation 17.5, it says that this city is called Babylon. And again, it mentions that it's a city, so it can't be a church, it can't be a pope. <laughs> it's a city and its name is Babylon. Babylon the Great is actually called, in Revelation, the Great City. And it's called the Great City seven times. In Revelation 11.8, it says that this great city is the place where our Lord was crucified and is allegorically known as Sodom and Egypt. Sodom and Egypt, two evil places, you know. And so they're saying that this city is where our Lord was crucified. Now, let me ask you, where was Jesus crucified? In the Vatican City? <laughs> it's, it's funny to say, but of course not. Where was Jesus crucified? In pagan Rome? No, he was crucified in Jerusalem. So again, the second one we have here seems very blatantly to refer to Jerusalem. As you're going to see from these scriptures, many scriptures throughout the Old Testament refer to Jerusalem as Babylon, and as Sodom, and as Egypt, and as these descriptive notes of people who rebelled against God. In fact, Ezekiel chapter 16 refers to Jerusalem as Sodom six times, just in Ezekiel 16, not to mention any of the other passages. So for people who love to go by the Bible alone, Jerusalem is called Sodom in Egypt and is called a whore over and over and over again, but nothing about the Catholic Church, the Pope, or the Vatican. So for this reason, many biblical scholars actually say Jerusalem is the one who fits the description of the whore of Babylon. Many other commentators will also say it's pagan Rome. Some say it's pagan Rome and Jerusalem because they worked together to persecute the Christians. The third descriptive note is that it commits fornication. This woman, the whore Babylon, commits fornication and wields 
power over the nations. And so, of course, Dave Hunt obviously says it's the Catholic Church, because the Catholic Church wields great power in the world and rules over the nations. I mean, does, does anybody think that the Catholic Church out there rules over the nations? I mean, he will go back and say, yes, but at one time, the Catholic Church ruled over the nations and made ties with kings and had unholy alliances and things like that. And they ruled over the nation with an iron rod. And I mean, this is just not true. For most of Christian history, the Catholic Church has not ruled over any nations. In fact, the Catholic Church has been under the whim of kings. It hasn't ruled kings, and if it did, it wasn't for very long, except for a little while, maybe in the uh, Holy Roman Empire, because they worked with the king, who was also a Catholic. But overall, the Catholic Church was subject many times to the kings. Many people don't know this, probably including Dave Hunt, but the Catholic Church was persecuted by kings, by nations, by alliances. So many times we were persecuted. We were forced to go underground, run away into exile. Popes were thrown into prison because they didn't have power. The Pope tried to correct kings sometimes and tell them that they were on the wrong path spiritually, and the, the kings threw them in jail and tried to torture them, and some popes died there. I mean, so much for ruling kings and nations, but it just didn't happen the way he makes it seem like it happens. Is there anyone else, though, who really did rule nations, like pagan Rome, for example? I mean, we know pagan Rome took over, like, Persia and Greece and so many, pretty much the whole entire Roman Empire, which was most of the world at that time. They conquered cities. They conquered kings. They conquered governments. They brought them all into Rome, made them slaves, and they ruled over all and made many, many unholy alliances. So, these descriptions so far, they fit much more the pagan city of Rome, ancient Rome, rather than the Catholic Church or the Vatican, and it much more fits Jerusalem than it does the Catholic Church. And this is even admitted, maybe offhand, by Dave Hunt, who says that Jerusalem is referred to as the whore many times throughout Scripture. And he's right. Jerusalem is referred to a whore over and over and over again, who's always fornicating with the nations. I mean, this literal language, I mean, Dave Hunt's making it literal, symbolic, depending on what fits his argument. But the thing is that Jerusalem was always considered a whore, and God always accused her of committing adultery with him, and was always calling her back. Listen to what the Bible says. And this isn't me. This isn't the Catholic Church. Listen to what the Bible says. Who is the whore? <laughs> and uh, it comes from Matthew 23, 29 and following. Jesus is talking to the scribes here and the Pharisees. And he says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You build the tombs of the prophets and adorn the memorials of the righteous and say, if we had lived in the days of our ancestors, we would have not joined in in shedding the prophets' blood. Thus you bear witness against yourselves that you are the children of those who murdered the prophets. Now fill up what your ancestors measured out, you serpents, you brood of vipers. How can you flee from the judgment of hell? Therefore, behold, I sent you prophets and wise men and scribes. Some of them you will kill and crucify. Some of them you will scourge in your synagogues and pursue from town to town, so that there might come upon you all the righteous bloodshed upon earth, from the righteous blood of Abel to the blood of Zechariah, the son of Barakiah, whom you murdered between the sanctuary and the altar. Amen, I say to you, all the things will come upon this generation." 
Wow, that is a condemnation for Israel, if I've ever heard one. He condemns them to hell and says they they are the ones who murdered the prophets and are guilty of the blood of the saints and the Christians. And and we're going to see later in number seven and eight that they also are called the whore over and over and over again. And they, they were playing the harlot. I mean, over and over again, it's Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. Nothing about the Catholic Church. The fourth one is kind of funny to me, and I hear anti-Catholics say this from time to time. They'll come onto our YouTube channel and they'll say, look, the Whore of Babylon is described as wearing purple and red, scarlet. And that is the colors of the Catholic Church. Look, your priests and your bishops wear purple and red. Therefore, how can you say that the Catholic Church is not the Whore of Babylon? Easy, because those are not the Catholic colors. They're not the Catholic Church colors, they're not the Vatican colors, and they're generally not priest colors. Priests, look at any priest you want who's not saying Mass. He wears black and white. Not red, not purple, he wears black and white. And all priests, from on a daily basis, wear black and white. And you can see that in their collars, you can see that in their their priestly garments. But once they put on their vestments for mass, they have all different colors, literally almost every different color imaginable. Only in one season of the year, during Lent, do they wear purple. And so it's temporary. So it's not like they wear purple as their color. And bishops are known for wearing red, even though cardinals wear maroon. The pope wears white. And regular priests wear black and white. I mean, there's all different colors. But Yes, cardinals wear red during Mass, and they have a red sash, even though they wear black and white. But it's still not the colors of the Catholic Church. Look at the Vatican flag. The Vatican flag is yellow and white, and it has a little yellow rope on it. But the colors of the Vatican are yellow and white, not purple and not red. And the colors of the priesthood are black and white not purple, and not red. So this really has nothing to do with the Catholic Church, no matter how much, Mr. Hunt, you want to stretch it. But the Bible talks about Jerusalem having precious stones, and having purple, and having red in multiple places. We're going to read one real quick here, just so you can see, just so you can see that I'm not making this up. It actually comes from the Bible. Quote, of the blue, purple, and scarlet thread, they made garments for ministry, for ministering in the holy place, and made the holy garments of Aaron as the Lord had commanded Moses. And he made the breastplate artistically woven like the workmanship of the ephod, of gold, purple, and scarlet thread, and of fine woven linen. So we see here that Jerusalem is described as having purple and scarlet and gold. And we know that this gold, Jerusalem, has incredible wealth, which we're going to see in the next description. Number five, the harlot had great wealth. People will try to say that the Catholic Church has great wealth. Maybe it did at one point, maybe it didn't, but in general, the Catholic Church does not have great wealth. We have a whole blog article on our website, thecatholictruth.org, on this if you'd like more information. But basically, the Vatican is in debt pretty much every year. And even if the Catholic Church does have a lot of money, it gives more money than any other organization on earth to charity, to help poor people toward education and to build up this world in a good way. But we could belabor that, but the point is, there are two people, and I bet you can guess who it is, that fit the description of this whore possessing great wealth far more than the Catholic Church could ever dream of. 
Number one, pagan Rome. Pagan Rome conquered all of the lands and plundered their goods and their silver and took it all back in ridiculous amounts. Listen to what the Smithsonian Magazine has to say about this. You know the Smithsonian Museum? Listen to what they say. Quote, after Rome conquers Carthage and they decide to annex Greece, and after they conquer Spain and acquire all the silver mines, you have wealth on an unprecedented scale coming into Rome. The flood of wealth was making the richest of the rich Romans wealthier than would have been imaginable. Even a couple generations earlier, you are literally talking about 300,000 gold pieces coming back with the legions. So we're talking about a ridiculous amount of wealth that the Roman Empire amassed for themselves. And Jerusalem was much the same way. The Bible says in Revelation 17 that not only was she wealthy, but she was decked out in gold, in jewels of all different kinds of precious stones. Now listen to what the Bible says about Jerusalem and how it describes Jerusalem. Not going to read the whole quote because it's too long, but we'll highlight certain points so that you can see it for yourself. The breastpiece was embroidered like the ephod with gold thread and violet, purple, and scarlet. There's that purple and scarlet again, and fine linen. And it goes on to say that it had many rows of carnelian and topaz and emeralds and garnets and sapphires and amethysts all mounted in gold. And if you think about the holy temple, the holy temple was all laid in gold, as was the Ark of the Covenant, the candles, all the cups and vessels, everything in the temple was laid in gold. So we're talking a massive amount of wealth that Jerusalem received, that Israel received in general from conquering the nations around them. This leads into our sixth one, which is the fact that the whore possessed a golden cup. And we just said that Jerusalem had so much gold, including golden vessels of every kind, that it clearly applies to Jerusalem and probably also applies to Rome as well, who had gold of all sorts. I mean, Dave Hunt just assumes it's the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church has gold chalices, but the Catholic Church also has wooden chalices and silver chalices and other kinds of chalices as well. And he overlooks and ignores the fact that Protestants have gold chalices. Some Protestant churches have gold chalices. So I don't think it's Protestant or Catholic because that doesn't really match up with everything we've been talking about so far. But so far, all of these descriptions have fit either pagan Rome or Jerusalem or both, and both of them had golden cups. So why would we just assume it's the Catholic Church unless you have an unearthed bias that you're trying to prove even without evidence? Even if it's a little bit dishonest. Part of the problem here is that a lot of this is symbolic. And Mr. Hunt bounces back, oh, this is symbolic. And then he makes it literal. And then he makes it symbolic. This is literal. And he, just to try, whatever incriminates the Catholic Church, whatever tries to disprove the Catholic Church, he just tries to use it as a weapon. And it's a very dishonest way to go about this. The last one says in Revelation 17 is that the whore was named the mother of all harlots and abominations of the earth and that she killed Christians and she was drunk with their blood and she destroyed them and fornicated them and then killed them. Of course, like all anti-Catholics, 
the myth goes around that the Catholic Church was this big hulking killing machine that went around trying to destroy any and all Christians. I mean, literally, it tries to make them seem like a Da Vinci Code style bad guy who, where the Catholic Church actually hunts down all the Christians who are trying to read the Bible, who get trying to get to know Christ, who are trying to understand the Bible on their own. They hunted them down and they killed them by the millions. I mean, sometimes, like in the Inquisition, the Catholic Church killed 50 million million people in Europe, even though 50 million people didn't even exist in Europe at the time. They'll give these outlandish numbers of how many people the Catholic Church has killed, but it is all false. It's man-made myths. That's not backed up by history. That's why they don't quote any encyclopedias. History books are actual historians because it's just not true. But we know that the Catholic Church wasn't this big killing machine. Not that the Catholic Church has been perfect or didn't do anything wrong or didn't put anyone to death. Of course they did. I mean, that was the way back then. Protestants killed each other. Protestants killed Catholics. Catholics killed Protestants. It's the way it worked back then. But is there a bigger killing machine out there? Yes, by far. It wasn't the Catholic Church hunting down Christians. It was pagan Rome and Jerusalem who worked together to hunt down Christians and kill them. Before we get there, though, Dave Hunt says that the Catholic Church is this whore because of her unbiblical doctrine of celibacy. And that has led to a lot of sexual perversions and secret cohabitations. But of course, the sexuality and being the whore and being sexually permissive is much more descriptive of pagan Rome, who was out of control, sexually perverted in all ways, and Jerusalem. I mean, Jerusalem was known for being sexually perverted, and that's why she was called a whore over and over and over again in the Bible, because she was always committing fornication with the nations. The Bible literally says that. But we'll come back to that in a second. Let's talk about the persecutions. We know that Jerusalem persecuted Christians. and We know that Christians were thrown out of synagogues and killed and chased down in the early church. And we also know that on and off for the first 300 years of Christian history, pagan Rome made it their mission to destroy the Christians, to wipe out the saints, and to wipe them off the face of the map. And you can see our video on that. We actually have a whole inspirational video about how the Catholic Church survived persecution for the first 300 years of the church. That's right, it was Catholics, the Catholic Church who was persecuted and killed and survived and flourished afterwards. So literally, Romans killed thousands and thousands and thousands of Christians, beheading them uh, with an axe, throwing them into coliseums, burying them underground, ripping their body parts off, scalding them in hot lava. The most evil things that you can imagine is what the Roman Empire did. They were evil back then, very ungodly. Same thing with Jerusalem. In fact, Josephus, who was a Jew, Jewish historian, said that Jerusalem at the time of Jesus was so evil, and after Jesus, up until his destruction, was so evil that if the Romans had not come in and destroyed Jerusalem in 70 AD, he thinks that the ground would have actually opened up and swallowed them because they were so evil. And he describes uh, actual Jewish people eating their kids in the destruction of Jerusalem because a big famines hit the land and they had nothing to eat and he saw the most abominable things he could ever imagine. As you're going to see from these verses, it was Jerusalem who is the whore over and over and over again, unfaithful to God, seen as a harlot, seen as unfaithful. I mean, we're talking about like completely unfaithful, fornicating with the nations. Listen to what the Bible actually says here. Quote, 
They say that if a man divorces his wife and she goes from him and becomes another man's wife, may he return to her again? Would not that land be greatly polluted? But you have played the harlot, the whore, with many lovers. Have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She's gone up on every mountain and under every green tree, and there she has played the harlot. Harlot, whore, they're, they're used interchangeably, but over and over again, Ezekiel 16 especially, I believe Ezekiel 25 as well, says that over and over, they've gone to this nation and this nation, and every person they've come across, there's no one that they haven't perverted with their evil ways, with their fornication, with their disobedience to God, and with their idolatry. All throughout the Old Testament, God is chiding them. And this happened all the way up to 70 AD. Most people think that Revelation, many scholars think that Revelation not only has to do with the end of the world, but primarily has to do with the destruction of Jerusalem. It's a first century fulfillment. And it corresponds to Matthew 24, which talks about the destruction of Jerusalem and how armies are going to come in and wipe out everything. And one stone will not be left upon another and so on and so on. And Jerusalem will be burned by fire. And this, in Revelation 18, it says that the whore will be destroyed by fire. And in 70 AD, the Romans got sick of the Jews and came in and killed them and wiped them out. 1.2 million of them. And after that, they burned the city. And after that, thieves came in and pried the huge temple blocks off because the fire had melted the gold. And so they pried every block off to, I mean, fulfilling Jesus's prophecy to a T just to get the gold on the inside out. So you have the Romans who persecuted Christians and were, were filthy sexually. I mean, Nero himself was, I believe, a bisexual, and he went from prison door to prison door, raping, systematically raping all the prisoners. If I told you just the abominations that happened in pagan Rome, it would shock you. Yes, there have been abominations in the last 50 years in the Catholic Church too, but that is the only time that really modern day that you can find. I mean, ancient Rome had a whole history of this, as did Jerusalem. And the Bible says specifically that it's Jerusalem. Especially for Bible-only Christians, the Bible says it's Jerusalem, not the Catholic Church, not the Pope, and not the Vatican. None of these fit the Vatican, or, you know, maybe little bits here and there, but they very much fulfill pagan Rome, and they very much fit ancient Jerusalem. Pagan Rome and ancient Jerusalem are the two culprits, you might say, that most scholars say fit the bill for the whore of Babylon, the harlot. So it's not the Catholic Church, it's not the Pope, and it's not the Vatican. And if you hear this argument a lot, please share this with other people. Let's get the truth out there and do a lot of the lies that people believe. See, people will believe this stuff and say, oh, look, the bishops are wearing red. They must be the whore of Babylon. But that's not the color of the Catholic Church. It's just bishops in the Catholic Church. What about the Pope? What about the priests? What about the nuns? What about cardinals? What about everybody else who doesn't wear red? And the Vatican flag and Vatican colors are not red and purple. They're white and yellow. So they just look at these things, but without actually researching it. So help, please help us get this word out there and like this video put a comment down below and share it because all of these things help more people to see it and help all 
lies to be undone. Thank you so much for watching this video. It's so important that you watch through these videos because they help more people to see them. The most important thing for YouTubers and for YouTube itself is watch time minutes because YouTube's like, wow, they really like the video. Here, let's show it to more people. They have a lot of watch time minutes. So we really appreciate you watching through these videos. Please consider supporting our ministry so we can make many more videos like this. We have our PayPal and our Patreon below and we need monthly supporters. And we would ask you to check out our podcast, our Facebook, our Instagram, and all other things said below. Also check out our videos at the end of this regarding chick publications or the history of the Bible or anything else that we link because you're going to love them. If you haven't seen them yet, check them out. Thanks so much for watching. God bless. Thank you.